This is Robert Merdlachi, the Mindshare Learning Report, Canada's Learning and Technology e-magazine. And welcome to this special summer edition of the Mindshare podcast um, on Mindshare TV. Uh, I'm honored to have join me for a Mindshare Learning Moment, award-winning author, speaker, coach, podcaster, and friend of Mindshare, <laughs> Barbara Bray, who recently came out with her new book, uh, Defining Your Why. A little bit about Barbara. Barbara is a coach, teacher, writer, disruptor, risk taker, learner, designer, connector, and visionary. She calls herself a creative learning strategist where she, others call her a change maker. And Barbara, thank you for joining me this afternoon from California. Oh, Robert, it's it was just fun just seeing you again and being able to talk together. This is just going to be wonderful. Absolutely. It's been yeah. uh, it's been the most challenging time. And I hope you and your family are healthy and well in this. Mm-hmm. Um, are we post-pandemic? We were told we're mm-hmm. in the fourth wave here now in Canada. I was supposed to come down to ASU GSV and my family kind of was not keen on that. So I held back. But uh, how are things uh, at the moment now for you? Well, for everyone is iffy. Things are opening up, schools are opening up, uh, but people are wearing masks, and now there's mask mm-hmm. mandates, and um, and there's a lot of questions what what to do because of the new variant and stuff. So right. it's probably the same as what you're going through. Yeah, we tend to lag behind. Uh, I always look at the UK to get a sense of where things are mm-hmm. going, and this is more of a, a apparently an anti-vaxxer COVID uh, spike, mm-hmm. and so... Hopefully, it won't have the same impact. Kids need to be back in school, right? You need that yes. human interaction. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know each other, so we have that rapport that we can <laughs> do this, right, yes. virtually and and still, you know, ha- find uh, deep uh, conversation and impact and meaning. But kids really need it, don't they? And teachers, too. Well, th- I just worked with some teachers last week, and they are so excited to get back together with the the kids, but they also have questions because, um, you know, they're talking about the kids are going to be wearing masks, <laughs> but they're also have to have social distancing or physical distancing, but there really isn't enough room in the classrooms to do that. And some classrooms don't have any windows. So there's a lot of, you know, like I said, there's a lot of questions about what will happen. And then, you know, when they did the um, virtual remote classrooms, right. Not everyone showed up, so they're trying. Not sure who's going to show up. <laughs> right, and in yeah. in in Canada, I know some of the school districts, families have had to declare whether the kids are going to be in class or online. Mm-hmm. So they're still offering that option in some districts. So uh, time will tell. But more importantly, we're here to discuss your new book, and this isn't <laughs> your first rodeo, is it? You've you've written other books in the past. Yes, I co-authored <clears throat> uh, two books on. Uh, personalized learning. And uh, some of the things that happened is I realized I was starting with the what with those books. And people asked me, why? Why are we doing that? And then I started looking at the why. And and so there's a whole bunch of things that I updated. But there's also some other things about it. So hence, the name of the book is appropriately define your why. So your, your peers helped you define your title well in the way it well the way it happened is i started my podcast after my last book and i started listening to the stories and 
the stories have been amazing. You know, I'm on 120 uh, podcasts right now. That's amazing. Congratulations. And I have more on the way, and you're definitely going to be on my show. Oh, I'd be. I've been wanting to talk to you. Hashtag honored. Uh, I'm honored (laughs) to have you, and I'm happy to be on your show. You know, what inspired my podcast was uh, Pepperdine University, my master's in ed tech. Uh, We were challenged to change the world. I started podcasting and videotaping in 2007 and uh yeah so my and my first podcast was um was uh someone who passed away the uh, logo language uh dr seymour pappard uh oh and and he, he yeah he was an incredible mind and he was my first ever podcast that i was able to attract because of my connection to pepperdine i'd met him at a seminal meeting where we were envisioning, envisioning the future computer for schools in uh, Maine that he spoke at, the founder of Ask Jeeves, and a number of us were invited. Mm-hmm. There was like a group of 40, a gang of 40 uh, visionaries, and I was one wow. of them. And, oh, he, that's so and, cool. and he was speaking there, and, and Dr. Pappert uh, gave me a, a package, and he s- stared me up and down, and wasn't sure if he wanted to give me his package of all his writings and his business card. And that's how I got in touch with him. And sadly, shortly thereafter, he was in a accident in South Korea mm-hmm. where he had been speaking. And, you know, and he passed uh, a couple of years ago. But it's about mm-hmm. relationships. It's about mm-hmm. storytelling. And it's about defining your why. What inspired this book at this juncture? Well, it was a story. So the subtitle is Own Your Story So You Can Live and Learn on Purpose. What was happening? I love that. I love You like that? It's all about the stories. But it's your story, right? It's crafting Uh your story first. and, Mm -hmm. And storytelling is the rage today, isn't it? Well, what happens is what sometimes we don't know our story. We Mm -hmm. tell, and so um, my story starts with renting someone else's story for my story because they told me I'd be good at something. And that's what I find when you start talking to some teachers and they start telling you their, their background or administrators. When I talk to a lot of educators is they didn't always start out as a teacher or if they did, they really didn't understand their, their role in it. Right. And so when they start telling me, their stories on how they did it. I went, oh my gosh, these stories are amazing. So right. there's twenty, there's twenty six stories in this book. It's not just amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. And and when you craft your own story, I love that notion because when you craft your own story, you're reflecting, and mm-hmm. you're charting a course for the future and where you're going. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand your story and where you came from, and where you're not going to understand where you're going. Well, sometimes some people don't, maybe it's how you were brought up. It might be how you, right. um, the experiences you've had, but someone might've said, you're not good at it or you're not, don't, don't go in that direction or something. And what I found is that it takes some people, some experiences, all of a sudden there's an aha moment or an accident or something happens that changes them. And then they have this epiphany that their lives could be, they can have that passion and that purpose in their life. And so uh, so it's so beautiful when you talk to people like that and they share. So I'm having a flashback to being in an economics professor's class Mm 
where I went to see him because I guess I did so poorly in the exam. Mm -hmm. It wasn't one of my passions, but I somehow ended up in economics back in the day. And he said to me, have you ever thought about going into insurance? <laughs> <laughs> and I was insulted, uh, mm. you know, and, and mind you, I have friends in insurance and I could have done very well financially, but that's not purposeful for me. Mm -hmm. uh, and fortunately, I hung on. I found my passion in sport management as a as another degree and then ended up beyond my imagination working at a university. I was the first in my family to go to university and wow. then and then working with Kevin O'Leary and finding my passion in uh, the future of learning and and technology. So I was pa a passionate mm -hmm. lifelong learner. Thanks to Mrs. Fogarty wrote in my yearbook the only sign of life is growth with a little oh, flower that's what you told me that that's, that's so right beautiful. and and so so that's kind of my story and how i arrived here where i am today with you but yeah you can't always be defined by people allowing them to define you mm -mm. right because yeah. i could have listened to him and gone into insurance and, and although it's a noble career i would have never flourished or made the impact mm -hmm. that I think I am making today and well, meeting you. Well, I was into ed tech a lot, you know, that's right. I mean, but I was in a whole different career. I'm not going to go into it right now, but yeah. unless you want me to, but I, um, I realized that as soon as I saw a computer, I needed to take it apart and put it back together again. And my family thought, what's wrong with mom? She's like, I love that. Up. Yeah. And I had to learn so much. I, I was one of the first people that, taught claymation i i formed a right yeah i formed I remember a, claymation remember that but yes. it was but it was analog it was the i didn't wow. have all the digital tools and i i remember working with uh wilton um clay up in uh in oregon in portland and I, my whole garage was full of clay and i was doing workshops <laughs> And I had so much fun with kids showing them that you can make stories with right. clay and make it yes. come alive. But I, but that was only one of the things I just loved it. And I was very much involved with QC, which was computer using educators when it yes, first I've started. Conference. Yeah. Well, I did Google. I mean, I did tips and tricks on Thursdays when nobody knew where, where to go on Thursdays when they didn't have anything. Right. So I, I was, and let's just say I'm a little silly, but I also made it fun and I enjoyed it and I couldn't wait to come up with new ideas. And then I said, you know, I can't do it all. So I started finding all these people that knew so much. I'm like you. I just needed to pull them together and connect right. them. You were a connector. Yeah. And then I wrote the PD column for them for 17 years. Wow. Did you know that? No, I no. didn't know that. Yeah, but you I, have the book sitting on your shelf. Can you pull it down? Are you? Do you have oh, a I got copy? One, I got oh, okay. One right here. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. I'm curious as to the quote. Don't don't rent someone else's story. Tell your <laughs> your story before someone else does. Uh huh. Uh, well, you know, so stories matter today more than ever before, mm -hmm. and it, it just seems so in vogue. Why? Why? Because we're realizing that we can't connect unless we know a little more about you. We need to know your cultures. We have a problem in America. We don't know the cultures of people. We don't learn the languages. I mean, when I learned about 
Patricia Gartland and, yes, and she told me all the languages from Coquitlam. I love her. And so, you know, but the idea that we don't teach languages until maybe high school, our brains don't work that way. Right. And we're the only country really that doesn't teach, a, you know, another language early unless you're in a dual immersion program or something. Right. So that's the thing that as I'm finding is we all have our stories. We all have our cultures. We all have our languages. Right. There's so many things. We and need and to here's, here's something interesting that contrasts that there's some similarities in, and definitely contrasts to Canada, the U S is that we're seeing, uh, you're seeing more as a melting pot, if you can use that term. And we're more of a mosaic where you're encouraged to retain your culture uh, mm. I know friends that changed their names and wouldn't speak English or Italian in the U.S. versus Canada. I spoke to my mom until her she passed that uh, in Italian. So, so that's you know there's there's there definitely is a benefit to doing that. You know to be more inclusive and I, I yeah. think with the trends of inclusivity and diversity, I think we're going to see a shift happen. That's a bold prediction for 2021. I'm making. Well, it. well, I was going to say that because <clears throat> the pandemic exposed a lot of inequities. Right. And I'm seeing a lot here. I live in Oakland, uh, unif you know, I, and I worked in Oakland Unified, and it's a very diverse community. But the problem is, is that it's, it's very segregated. Right. You know, in some areas, and we ha like in my area is pretty um, diverse, but still. It's segregated by poverty. And that's right. the issue that I'm seeing is like, how can we make it so everything is more equitable and fair and um, 100% and inclusive, like you were talking about? Yeah. And it's about mm -hmm. breaking that cycle and, and, and giving kids the agency to tell their stories, to embrace mm -hmm. the future. And, and uh, it's never been a more exciting time to be in education, but I'm curious about this. I'm curious about uh, what is, uh, let me get the pronunciation right, ikigai and how do you use it with teachers? Oh, um, that happened to me right. about ikigai. Someone approached me with it and said, um, if you're going to be talking about the why, you need to low, know ikigai. And I'm going, what? <laughs> what is that? It's the Japanese concept for the meaning of life. Oh, wow. In, in Japan, there's no word for retirement because they feel that if you don't have a purpose, you don't have a reason to get out of bed every day. So you wow. need some kind of purpose. And you don't. it doesn't mean you, you're working to death, you know, you're, but right. you, what you're doing is you're finding something that you're passionate about and you work at it and you enjoy it. And so Ikigai is, there's a Venn diagram and there's four elements, right? It's what you love, what you're good at, what the world needs. And I changed the last one from what you're paid for to what your value is, because ah. I feel that it's not really the money. It's what you value. And some people, they've lost their value. They don't feel they're worthy. And we got to get that back. We got to find a way that they feel worthy. 100%. And it's mm. interesting. I have twin boys I'm blessed with now, our accountants. Uh. And one guy would, you know, growing up, he would always say, I want to be rich. I want to be and And, and I, I would say, you know, Lucas, it's not about, it's, it's about being comfortable. Right, whatever your comfort zone is. And I have another son who talks about making an impact and doesn't worry about the money. 
And, and it's so true when you're making an impact and you're touching people's lives and enhancing lives. And no matter what, you know, whether you're the founder of Facebook or Steve Jobs or a teacher, I mean, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it's about impact. Yes. And, and the, the money will come. Uh, you have to be mindful of it. But what are your thoughts on that? Well, I have a chapter that's called it's start with why it's Simon Sinek's golden circle. Right. Yeah. But I also put in something from his find your why, which was developing your uh, why statement. And it basically is what do you contribute so you can impact. And so that's how you write it. And so I, you know, for me, it's to share stories and the process and some strategies so I can impact others to tell their stories and, and, you know, inspire others. So that's my why it. statement. But it took me a long time to figure it out. But if we can work on Ikigai by, you know, when I first do this, I yeah. did all these in workshops before I wrote the book. And when I took the Venn diagram and told them to write what you love and what you're good at, right. se several people, especially teachers, said, I don't know what I'm good at. I'm like, wow. ah, yeah. And some people start wow. crying because it was so powerful for them oh and this is why i feel it's really important we do these kinds of you know what's yeah what's, they don't what's the response been like to the book the book about the whole book, book or that your book oh people have been giving me you know love there's a lot of good reviews um i'm really lucky i have one good friend who wrote in here uh is george foreman you know the boxer Yes. Yes, he's actually a good friend of mine, um, and my family. Uh, I we knew we knew him when he was nineteen, so we followed his journey. So he read my book and wrote a whole thing about it, and wanted to put a story in. He put a short story in it, that but he, uh, you know, what he did he he did a contest about my book, and said if you buy Barbara's book. And you tag me and put a picture along right. with the, where, where you bought it. Right. Um, I'll send the first 10 people. He sent them an autographed glove, <laughs> boxing glove. Are you kidding? No. I, I guess I'm too late to get in on that. <laughs> well, maybe we can let him hear this. Maybe he'll say something. <laughs> oh, my God. I should have tagged him in the podcast, uh, Twitter shot. Yeah, uh, that's no, incredible. He's just wonderful. So I put his a picture of his praises on my website, barbabray.net. If you go to yes. the podcast, you'll see praises. He's at the top holding my book. And but but there's so many people that have been telling me that I've that they didn't even know their story really mattered until they went through some of this because I go through that. Right. I, I talk about the golden the global goals the un goals sure and why if you want what the world needs maybe we need to change what we teach so it's more authentic and real and what about bringing in the global goals and work locally i, I agree i think mm -hmm. globally and locally the more relatable the, this is a term i've used a lot lately relatability yeah. oh i love that right kids yeah people need to and you know like anything we do when you use jargon, we, you know, we're just uh, in the midst of releasing a new report. We did um, a future-proofing document for C21 Canada for back to school last year. We're updating that. Ooh. And Ooh. we had some jargon that was being used. And one of the things they talked about was 
relatability and words. Mm -hmm. Words are powerful. We need mm -hmm. to choose the right words. I think we were uh, using something about using the sailing analogy, charting the course or navigating or something. And I'm like, I sail. There's a small sliver of people who sail. Uh -huh. Make it more relatable. So we have a new mm -hmm. word. And and I like the, the, the direction we were going. But it is so important to make those connections, isn't it? Well, a lot of times we tell the kids what to think and, and mm -hmm. how to write. But if we could just let go a little bit and let them come up with those words. Right. And, you know, the, I even do word clouds and like tell me the four characteristics that, you know, represent you. And so that's one of my wow. things that I have. Wow, that's do. a challenge. But I said, you may not know. What do people say about you? So I put the ones right. in me, curious, creative, kind, and silly. And I said, they say I'm silly. So I put wow. up, I even put up a video where my kids caught me laughing, like snorting through my nose and right. everything. Because that's I couldn't, that, but I'm just saying, we need to show our vulnerability but also ask, what do you think of me? And and be okay to hear even the good and the bad and kind of get some ideas. 100%. I love it. That's amazing. And so uh, you're doing workshops around the book. Teachers are responding. Uh, uh -huh. You're getting – so talk to me about the resources and support around the book that you're providing. You're on tour, essentially online, face-to-face. -face. Have you uh -huh. done any workshops in person yet? Yes, um, wow. I actually was. I was in Kentucky two weeks ago, at Jefferson County, and nice. uh, and so I did. Um, t I did three. I my son is with you know does my podcast uh, introduces me, and so we did. He How came cool with me. Is that? Well, you have to listen because he's got great, he's got a great voice. He teaches yeah. vocal music and things. Wow! Like that. But he came with me to Kentucky, and we taught how to do a podcast, and which was fun. But we did define, I did define your why. And that was one where I'd be walking around and people were going, you just made me cry. Crying, crying. So, you made me feel, you made me want to do this. And so that made me feel so good. And Oh, Barbara, that's, yeah. that's so inspiring. So I'm, uh, I'm in the midst of writing a book you're, and you're inspiring me to get to uh, doing more writing. The art of networking in the digital age. Perfect. Especially now. Think? What do you think of that title? I love it. I might. It's kind of like a double meaning, if you will. Yeah, it's a double meaning. But <clears> think <throat> about. I almost want it because I. What I did is define your why in uncertain times. Is my was my right. title. Actually, it was redefine your why. Because what happens is we might think we know our why, but all of a sudden we've <clears> been. <throat> in lockdown or we've had a lot of things happen to us that changes our confidence level and our, mm -hmm. we doubt ourselves. There's a whole bunch of things that go on. So maybe looking at this idea of connecting digitally, what did I bring in something about the pandemic and what that did? Yeah, that's, that's definitely going to be a chapter. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, uh, but, but, the titles are not an easy thing, are they? They come up with no. a final title. Well, I know that my How to Personalize Learning book is still selling because of how to do something. How? And I have to say, I understand it for teachers, but 
I changed a lot of things in the book and put them in this book. Like I have mm-hmm. a whole chapter on universal design for learning. Right. Because we started with the what and uh, started representing, you know, multiple means of representation. Right. I, I started at like cast. It starts with the multiple means of engagement. How do you empower anyone to want to learn when if they don't want to learn, no matter what you do, nothing's going to happen. Brilliant. And it's a notion that intrinsic versus extrinsic rewards, right? Mm -hmm. And motivations. And um, I recall listening to a podcast, Classcraft, hosted with Harvard uh, University uh, Education. And it was really fascinating about the motivations behind Mm -hmm. what we do in learning, right? Well, well, the issue is how do you empower anyone (laughs) to want to learn something if it's not authentic or real or relatable, like you just said. If, Is if that I a new word in your vocabulary that I've added? I, it's was, always been there, but I'm going to use it more now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> and I'll say yes. I got it from you. <laughs> no worries. What, uh, so I asked you, you know, what the response has been like, mm-hmm. and you're busier than ever before. And are you going to be traveling this fall in online doing workshops. What, what well, do you? What's I in have, store? I have a speaking. Coaching. Do you speak? I speak a, a lot. Course. Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm doing something with you learning in New New Zealand. I'm cool. And I was supposed to do loads of tour and what you know, but then those all got canceled. So now they're starting to come back, which is nice. really nice. But I also am getting coaching jobs around personalized learning. And so I'm bringing in both some of the new strategies. So I have a year-long coaching program with a school district here in California. Fascinating. Yeah. So so the notion of personalized learning, you know, uh, we talk about ed tech coming of age. Mm -hmm. Have we really come of age? 85% of ed tech installs apparently fail according to a very Mm -hmm. reputable consortium that we're talking about tomorrow as I'm doing a a tech boot camp for industry leaders, because we really want to help industry understand that. I think that's a market segment for you if you haven't tapped Mm -hmm. into it because oftentimes they don't have a pedagogical expert. And a lot of these founders and CEOs are so passionate about the project. They can't see the forest for the trees or is it the other mm-hmm. way around? But you know, you know what I mean, right? Well, the thing that I'm finding is that when they talk innovation, innovation, they're not really thinking deeper because one of the things you can't really make change, teachers can make some change, but if the system still mandates certain things or doesn't look at yeah. the bigger picture, like you were saying, there's only so much that teachers can do and then parents still don't understand. So we need to look at a a collective vision and look at ways of developing these innovation pilot projects somehow. So you can actually show, I see industry adopting schools and creating something that could be so amazing. And I was part of the um, digital high school program where I would go and, help right. them write their grants and one cool. district did some partnered with Dell 
and they built great, the school. Great client of ours, by the way. We're, we're know, close I, with Dell. They're I awesome. know you. Are. And so Dell did a, they created a schools uh, that looked like they were two big triangles and then they had a walkways in between and each area, each um, there was a big area in the middle where they would have these meetings and then there were classrooms around the edge and that it was just amazing how it worked with the kids. It was a high school and then Dell opened it to um, trainings at night and then wow. they invited parents in to be part. I mean, it was like a community school 24-7. Amazing. And that's what we try to nurture here. We have, um, you know, your place to work and learn. So we have professional learning for school districts in the community. We have mm -hmm. robotics camps for kids. We have yoga on oh. weekends. And so... We, you know, we are your place to work and learn, a place for everyone, really, too. And the notion of work integrated learning is really gaining a lot of traction. We have students here that work with us. But I want to come back to personalized learning. And, okay. you know, it's the panacea. And the assessment piece has really been um, the missing link in a lot of ways, uh, automating that. And, and getting it into the workflow, that's another new term that I use a lot in understanding what does a teacher work, workflow look like when you talk about relatability and then, you know, workflow is so critical because if you can't put a square peg in a round hole. Well, the problem I'm seeing is that they still have standardized tests and, and they're teaching to the test and... Right. What I what I feel that personalized learning is when the learner is co-designing assessments with the teacher and they own it. So if they're assessing as they learn, there's self-assessment, peer assessments, and then there's also when you're doing a, um, a conference, like it's a student-led conference, and what if the teacher said, what, do you, what grade would you give yourself? I mean, what if we kind wow. of opened it up and asked the kids more so they own it and then look at portfolios so you're collecting evidence. Right. And then, you know how they have micro-credentials? Why can't we do something like that for kids where yeah. they're building, you know, the badges like they did? Absolutely. Teachers, you know, teachers get badges like crazy now, right? They love them. And why yeah. not give students badges instead of, and I'm sure this is starting to happen now instead of mm -hmm. the stars and different stickers the yeah, badges should be right it should be by effort and it, it should be mm -hmm. you're 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 looking at authentic. Um, authentic you're not trying to prove um chris watkins is someone we worked with a long time ago he's he's in the uk but he had said instead of proving performance what about improving learning and giving the learners that opportunity to notice what they're doing to notice how they're learning to write about it, share about it, and explain, and then demonstrate what they know. Why not? Absolutely. I mean, they could start young. Kids are, they're amazing if we when just let go. When you give kids agency and the amazing work that they can do at a young age, uh, the, um, so the, the School of Future Challenge winner of our national contest, 13th year running, the group of middle school students, girls who game team members, created a school of the future in Minecraft, redesigned it, 
<laughs> built it to scale virtually. And oh. when I announced them as the winners, I had the superintendent of the school district join me, who I know. And he announced that he's giving the architects who are doing the school rental their video. Oh, I love it. So why can't they bring them in as um, advisors? Yes, I see. Right. Why can't they be architects of their learning? Because I've learned that right. from several. Yes. And why can't we ask the kids more about what they want? And then, you know, we just have to let go a little bit, but also realize they're, they're our customers, really. Right. Well, <laughs> you know, I've used that term before, and some teachers don't respond well to that. Or I know. You know, uh, it, it's really understanding, you know, your the future and how things are being redefined and mm -hmm. they truly are the customer you know it's sometimes yeah. you kind of feel like you're not the customer i remember as a parent when my kids were in school it was who uh, oftentimes i think well who's the customer here yeah. and the system mm -hmm. breeds whatever the vision is and whoever the leader is they play a critical role in articulating that vision from top to bottom. The most mm -hmm. high-performing districts are the ones where the teacher understands what the vision is from the, the top. And it goes up and down. The, the Thoughts on that? Well, I've worked with high-performing schools and sometimes they're performing very well by grade level and grades and on the tests, but they, when it comes to life, they're not there because right. they didn't have the voice in what they're doing. So because... I've worked with several where they be, they become learned helplessness. They they have this feeling that the teacher should teach me. I don't don't make mm. me. And they actually sat several. That's <laughs> I was an in old one model. School, yeah, they. I had several kids in the school say, "Mrs. Bray, how dare you have me be responsible for my learning?" <laughs> and I went, "Geez, how are you going to make it in real life when you're not there in school anymore?" You know, it's. It's yeah. almost like we've done this to them. That's what, when I said how to personalize learning, I want to change that. It's yeah. it's like, how can you empower, but they can own it. So they drive it and they can do it. It's just that we don't know how to change the system unless we all work together. Well, yeah, it's and, interesting because now you're inspiring me to perhaps <laughs> redefine my theme of my conference, which is, you know, uh, future ready, uh, future proofing education. And it's really about uh, building resilient systems for the future, right? Yeah. And why don't you invite Redefine. some kids? Have some kids. I mean, one of the things that I found out is that you have brilliant people in your schools that you don't even know about because we, we do. don't give them the opportunity to shine. And I've done an activity where you put dots on the people you've talked to, you know, like if you, mm. you put, and then you, you realize if you only have 12 dots, who are the people in the school that you talk to it and the kids and whatever. And there's always kids that there are no dots. So what are you going to do about it? You know what I mean? We, we need to know everyone in our school and be able to walk down the hall and say hi with their name and know how to pronounce their name and all of that. So that's Mr. Botticella, the principal at Divine Mercy, oh. uh, who I knew a number of years ago. And his brother was a coincidentally a high school teacher, drama teacher of mine. 
And that's why I learned a lot of drama. That's why my wife tells me I'm dramatic at times. But uh, <laughs> but Mr. Botticella was known as the mayor of divine mercy. They had 1,200 wow. students, 1,200 students, K to eight. He knew every one of their names. And now, see, he, he took great pride in knowing every kid's name. Every kid that, had a name. That's amazing. See, the, and know how to pronounce that's, them. And know that's a culture. lot of effort. That's a lot of engagement. But see, right? there are times where a and teacher goes, oh, I can't remember that kid's name in my class. And I'm thinking, okay, then you need to start over and you need to know yeah, them. Because the, that's, that's the hardest thing is that a kid doesn't feel like they belong or they don't feel like people care. We need to be that teacher that they say 10, 15 years ago, remember you know, like someone, yeah. I had someone say it, Everyone Ray, has. you made a difference. And I went, yeah. really? You know, it, it, we everyone just need to... should have multiple teachers like that. Mm -hmm. uh, we can all think of one or two, but every teacher should strive to be that teacher. Yeah. Right? And like, you're yeah. going to help them get there with this new book. How uh, uh, defining your why, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's exciting. And um, who should read your book? Well, it's not, it's the self-care book, really. It's not just for right. educators. I found that I had, a, um, I'm in a meetup with other women and they said, well, I read this. Wait, let's talk about it. And so it's been for parents. It's been for someone who wants to retire, who doesn't know where they're going to go. And, and I am working on two new books. And there, one is wow. grow your why one day at a time. I'm looking at doing that. So I you love that theme. Doesn't that sound good? Like you can go sounds in. Sounds great. So you so go to July. This sounds 13th like a whole and, series. It's it's going to be a series. Yeah, and then I want to do a journal to go with this because I say take your journal out, and I don't have one, so I want to give them one. And then um, I'm working with some people to do a children's books, and I so I've been talking to my publisher about a why series. Because I feel it's important that we you take need to it. start young. You need to start young. Yeah. Right. You can't wait till they're in school or grade school or high school. It's like the whole career mm -hmm. uh, exploration process. It shouldn't start in high school. It should start far earlier, and you know, help kids discover the why and what they do, mm -hmm. and it will help them chart their course. So I started, after COVID came out, I started another podcast series called Reflections Around the Why. How many and podcast series do you have? How many different I have themes? two, but I'm going to do another one. Let me just tell wow. you, I'll do that one later. And will, and will you bring me on? You said you were going to bring me on. I hope you're going to bring me on. We, you have to decide which one, because the Reflections is around a topic. And I have okay. some people that have been on before for the podcast, which is all about your life. And, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, but I make I don't you want work. To bore people. Oh no, you don't. <laughs> oh my gosh, Robert, how many times have we just walked together at a ISTE or yeah. something and just talked? And I'm going, you did what? You did what? And you said, yeah, you're amazing. Well, you know, I believe you have to make the most of every day, yeah. and and make an impact, and do what makes you happy, right? Um, and 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 so you know, I, I feel blessed i feel you know it's where I, i've used this term recently a few times uh, 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 luck is where a preparation meets opportunity right oh i love that 
Yeah. So that's really, you know, you create your luck. You create your mm -hmm. chart, your course, your story, and know where you want to go. Right. And and don't uh, take the road. Don't take the road most traveled. I don't think we've done that. Right. Well, a lot of us are afraid to because we we're we're so busy doing our life that we forget that we need to right. stop for a little bit. And so I did make some um, people are doing book studies on my book. So I wow. put up on my website. BarbaraBray.net, if you went, you'll see Define Your Why at the top. I, right. I put in questions and resources for every chapter Brilliant. there. So people want to look at that. And how could they get a hold of you besides at bbray27? Yeah. Well, my website is BarbaraBray.net. That's okay. easy. And um, I'm trying to think which other. I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. You're I'm very on, present. I have rethinking learning is my on Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. My personal one, I'm not doing. I'm doing mostly personals, but my rethinking learning is a group. If people want to join it, just re reach out to me, and uh, and there's a contact form on my website, so they can contact me that way too. Barb, you are so brilliant and inspiring. I'm grateful of your time today. And uh, so great to connect with you. I plan to be at uh, the Future of Ed Conference. We're partners in in uh, Orlando in January. Wow. I hope you'll be there. And I don't know about it. I, maybe let me know. Okay, absolutely. I'd love to be there. That would be fun. It's a great I'm, conference. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and best of luck with your book. I'm sure it will be a bestseller. And now, especially <laughs> now that it's, been on our show and in Canada, we're happy to to promote uh, something uh, that is so impactful. Um, and what? Well, uh, sorry, go I, ahead. I forgot. I just realized Edumatch is my uh, publisher, and so okay. I've been getting a lot of schools. I have the Hawaii school teachers fellows all purchased a bundle, and so Sarah Thomas is my publisher. She puts everything together with a very nice discount for people if they want to do fantastic. Both. And so, you know, I'm trying everything I can to support people and keep, I even lowered the price a little bit. Oh, I felt, nice. Yeah. Well, it, you, you know, you know, we want to help everyone thrive right in this uh, mm -hmm. post pandemic climate and teachers and kids alike and, and families and, and, uh, and your book is a, a great uh, vehicle to, to embrace and, and uh, mm -hmm. chart your course and tell your story. Yeah. And please come and, you know, check out my podcasts and, and the blogs that go with them. You know that I have everyone writes a blog with their story. Really? And some of the I story. Love that. Wait, do you see? I have, I just put up one with Livia Chan, but I have four more going up and some of them I went, these are like books. I said, are you sure you want to put this much up? And they're just, who are some of the memorable, notable people that you've interviewed uh, in the past? Besides oh. Patricia Gartland, uh, have, uh, have you uh, have you interv interviewed the boxer that uh, George no, Foreman? Well, not yet. But oh my goodness! Well, you... I will. I will if he wants. But that's yeah. up to him. But yeah. I have um, Tom Murray. It's been on yeah, the show. Yeah, and and uh, there's so many. Katie Martin, who is mm. just wonderful. Um, and gosh, I have like they said, there's so many. I one one that's really interesting is 
I've met some wonderful people internationally and in UK there's right. uh, Natalie Reeves Billings who um if you go um and watch hers she is a um children's book author but speaker and podcaster right. and she has a she has a stable house where she would used to have people come. So she, I, we have a tour of her stable house that has a Hobbit town, a space area. I mean, it's unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And then, and there's so many, I can't even, everyone has something unique. And um, I, I, I really don't want to even just pull just one or two people yeah. because there's, every well, one of them has made my life richer. If they go to your website, they can find the podcast. And the blogs uh, that record, go with them. recorded ones. I love the notion of the blog too. That's pretty cool. Yeah, Barbara, I'm grateful of your time again. I will let you get back to your very busy <laughs> schedule, no doubt. And uh, thank you again for for joining us, Barbara. That was uh, pleasure. And that was Barbara Brave, who is the award winning author, speaker, coach, and most recently released her latest book, Define Your Why. And uh, we've enjoyed hosting you. My name is Robert Merdlanchi of the Mindshare Learning Report. Be sure to check out W Mindshare Learning to get your latest issue. And until next time, stay healthy, stay safe, and keep the learning curve steep. Thank you.